And now, welcome to the Just the West podcast. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Happy Friday. It's your boy, Just the West, and welcome to the Just the West podcast. I know I usually do podcasts earlier on in the week. I was expecting to talk a little bit more about what had happened in week 13 of the NFC West, but I got a little bit busy this week. I've been uh, I've been trying to work on a couple of things before the Christmas season. Um, right now, I have a couple deals that I'm trying to close out, and then my sister's wedding is uh, scheduled on December 22nd, Christmas right there, so I want to get my work done now. So I can enjoy the rest of the year later and move forward to 2019. Uh, but speaking of 2019, I do have some good news to share with you guys. And I mentioned it a couple pods ago, but it's not really official until now uh, to make that transition. But podcast-wise, the platform that I will be using to host my podcast is going to be a company called Red Circle. And now Red Circle is a new venture-based, um, I'm sorry, venture-backed seed stage startup and it was founded by engineers and product managers formerly at uber Uh, the team aims to provide software to help indie podcasters like your boy take their work to the next level and while they're hard at work on the product um, they have a lot more that's well in store Um, but i had met uh, one of the guys at red circle and had introduced me to you know another platform for me to host my podcast and I'm going to get a little bit more bandwidth, which I'm really excited to have because I don't know if you noticed this, but you know, on iTunes, I kind of limit the podcasts that I have because I don't really get that much space on the free with my previous uh, vendor. And so with these guys, I'll be able to have a little bit more wiggle uh, so you won't see me deleting podcasts so I can keep the storage up. So I will have, well, actually, I'll make it an effort to... When I get the chance to have my other archive podcast and put it out there for you guys to, I don't know if you want to cross-reference what I'm doing now to what I was doing before, but this is actually going to be, man, I think this is like the 70th podcast that I've done for Just the West, and it's pretty crazy when you really think about it to see how long I've done this, because uh, originally when I did Just the West, it was strictly a blog um, for my own interest, and then through the years... I've expanded that. I went from a WordPress website to Medium. I went from opening a Twitter to an Instagram. And I went from just writing and blogging to podcasting. It's another platform for me to really put my thoughts on the NFC West. But more so than anything, it's just another platform for me to uh, to really learn and, and build skills for it. And I mean, who knows where this may take me down the road, but it's me it's the NFC West, it's the Niners, it's the Rams, the Cardinals, it's the Seahawks, it is just the West. So, let's go ahead and segue into what we got in the NFL. Right now we're going to week 14, and for those that do play fantasy football, yeah, it's that time again, it is fantasy football playoff season, SZN, fantasy football season. And I am actually in six leagues, and I'm pretty happy about the outcome out of the six. Six leagues is a lot of leagues, and out of those six, I am in playoffs for five of them. So five for six with an opportunity to win the ship, not bad for me. I'm very happy, very happy. It just sucks that the the sixth league that I could not make the playoffs, I'm like second to last. That was the league that I really wanted to play in and win 
and win. Uh, that was the Aton Wuckers League. It's a homies league that I've been playing since like my sophomore year in high school. But you know, for the other five, if I can win those, uh, at least one, one for five would be nice. So I can pay for the uh, the entrance fee to play for these leagues. Um, but nonetheless, uh, the one thing I do want to kind of add in regards to the playoffs is there's one league in particular with my co-host T up. It's a pretty sweet victory. We're in one league together, and we were both vying for a playoff spot. And so last week, I played him head-to-head, and I beat him. Because I beat him, I kicked him off the playoff sphere. So I took the last spot in the playoff seating, which is pretty sweet. And he's not here. I don't know if he's going to listen to it, but good game. I'm in the playoffs, and you are not. So the NFC West, yeah. NFC West, nothing has really changed too much. The Rams remain firmly ahead at 11-1. Seahawks are at 7-5. Cardinals are 3-9. Niners are 2-10. Nothing has changed except for the mere fact that the Los Angeles Rams have officially won the NFC West Conference, won the NFC West Division. My apologies. They've won the NFC Division, which is... Uh, back-to-back years that they've won the NFC West division. And so a big congratulations to Los Angeles. A big congratulations to Sean McVay, Todd Gurley, Aaron Donald, uh, the whole team, the whole 53-man roster. I mean, really, you guys, um, the last couple of years, you guys set precedent for how offenses should be run, what offenses are striving to be around the league. You guys, Kansas City, the Saints, I mean, it's been it's been awesome. It's been really fun football to watch. And the thing that really gets kind of lost in translation with Sean McVay's offense is everyone thinks about, you know, their high-octane passing offense. I mean, you saw that on display a couple weeks ago on Monday Night Football against the Chiefs, but they need the run game. More times than not, they need the run game. They relied on it heavily, so Jared Goff took can get into play action, and so the rest of the offense can go. Um, so, I mean, for example, uh, last week on the road, they had a, oh, a relatively tough game early on, but they had a road game against the Detroit Lions. They won. I believe the score was 30-16. to 16. But, I mean, Jared Goff, for example, he only had 207 passing yards. And let's look at a couple other victories where – I mean, the Packers, for example, that was supposed to be a shootout game. He had 295 against the Niners. He had 202 yards against the Broncos, 201. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, I'm just saying, like, uh, they're not all a pass-oriented offense. Uh, there's a lot that comes with the Sean McVay offense. Think about it, like, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, they came from the same offensive tree, which is Mike Shanahan's offense, I suppose, but... That tree runs the ball very, very well. They use the running game to set up the play action and everything else kind of from there goes from there. So don't forget that. Kudos to the Rams for winning the division. But let's get this pod really started, okay, guys? Okay. First game at hand, week 14. I can't believe it is week 14, but 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Niners finally come back home. They had a really rough 
I mean, rough outing at Seattle last week. They got their asses handed 43-16 to to the Seahawks. But now they're back at home hosting the Broncos. And the Broncos, actually, they're... Chris Harris broke his fibula, so he's out for the season. And it was announced during practice that the receiver, Emmanuel Sanders, tore his ACL. So they're without their starting cornerback. They're without their starting receiver. And so more likely than not, they're going to be rolling with... Cortland Sutton as their number one receiver. He's who's a rookie. They have Hamilton, who's also another rookie, opposite side of the field. And then, yeah, I mean, um, the Broncos right now they're in playoff contention. They had a couple of really really tough games the last couple weeks where I thought, I mean, personally, I thought the Broncos were out for the count in playoff contention. But right now they they have an opportunity to to make a run, and it's an important game for them. The Niners, at this point in the season, and it, I, I don't know if you noticed, but they've been playing their younger players. I mean, another injury bug happened uh, last week. Warming up, Matt Breida running back for the Niners. He gets hurt again, but he plays a couple snaps in the game. But it's Jeffrey Wilson, an undrafted rookie out of North Texas, that gets gets the starting nod, essentially. And he ran really, really hard. Uh, he's kind of like, uh, I don't know, like maybe a faster Alfred Morris. He's got a, a lot more juice, uh, but he still exudes the, that power that Morris brings because he's not really, um, he's not a scat back like Jared McKinnon, um, an outside runner like Matt Breida, but he's he's got some wiggle with him. And so he played really well against the Seahawks. And their other rookie receiver, Dante Pettis, uh, probably had his best game of his career. He had 125 yards and two touchdowns, uh, one going for 75 yards, another going for about 19 yards, but a really nice wiggle uh, where he turned the corner and broke out for the touchdown. And so I'm hoping at this point in the season where you see these younger guys and it's kind of really showing what they're going to bring for 2019, who's really going to be a keeper on this 53-man roster. Uh, Because at this point of the season, Season's kind of lost, uh, and I know that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch aren't going to admit it, but from what I've been seeing on how they implement their roster, they're using Marcel Harris, the strong safety. He's He played 100% of the snaps last game. You're seeing Dante Pettis. You're seeing um, Jeffrey Wilson. You're seeing Nick Mullins. I mean, you're seeing, um, you're seeing a rebuilding team right now, a rebuilding team that is going to anticipate for Jimmy Garoppolo come 2019. So, with that being said, the Broncos, they are favored by 3.5 points over under 45. Niners are at home, don't get me wrong. Um, Broncos are battered as well. But I think at this point, um, obviously the Broncos want this game way more than the Niners. And I am more concerned about Nick Mullins having a clean jersey. So, the Seahawks don't do very well rushing the quarterback, but they hit Nick Mullins 15 times. I think Nick Mullins was sacked three times, but that was the most heat that he's seen all season. And the pass protection as a whole, that was probably one of their worst games of the season, protecting the quarterback, that Niners offensive line. I don't know if that's a trend, but uh, they they can't do that against the Broncos because they have... One of the better one-two edge rushers, Von Miller, 
and Bradley Chubb. So, I mean, yeah, they better get that together. Philip Lindsay, an undrafted rookie from Colorado. Uh, yeah, he, right now he currently leads the league in yards per carry. I think he's like right around 6.5, 6.6. Matt Breida had the title before, but I mean, Philip Lindsay right now, he is balling. He's got a thousand yards rushing. Um, he's been healthy. Uh, he's been everything that, ironically, Royce Freeman, who's the other rookie that they drafted high in the draft, I think he was like a third round pick, but he's been pretty much everything that he, Freeman was supposed to be, and Freeman hasn't gotten that much run. But good for, um, man, good good for Philip Lindsay. He has been balling this season, and he's undersized, but man, he is, he's a tough runner. He's a tough runner, and it, it's a big... It's going to be a big focus for the Niners for this game, especially if you know that, hey, Emmanuel Sanders is out. The receivers as a whole right now is kind of shaking. So, yeah, you bet as hell they're going to give plenty of touches to Phillip Lindsay. And I'm not too scared about Case Keaton, but at the same time, I know that this Niners' past defense hasn't been the greatest all season. Uh, given Akella Weatherspoon, Richard Sherman, they actually – Considering that they got their asses handed 43-16 to last week, uh, Akella Witherspoon did not allow a single catch. He did give up a P.I. call. I thought it was bullshit. Richard Sherman, they hardly threw to him, but um, he lost in other ways last week. So technically, I mean, the Niners have they have an opportunity, but uh, I think right now at this point they're going to play their younger players and... I am, uh, it still sticks out with me. I am really concerned about how um, Nick Mullins responds to that pass rush that the Broncos are going to bring to him. So having said that, I mean, the Niners are still failing to get more takeaways. And it, it's really bad, actually. They have, mm, they have like five takeaways this season, which is actually, at this point, it's like an NFL record for the lowest amount of takeaways. They... If they were to end this season right now, that would be the lowest in NFL history. No takeaways, no playmaking coming from this defense. Really frustrating. Anyways, Broncos are favored three and a half. Over under 45. If I were to put this on the board, TF is not here with me, so I'm going to do it by myself. I think that the Broncos do win. So give me the Broncos. Give me the Broncos 24. Give me the Niners. Give me the Niners uh, 16. Give me the Niners 16. And yeah, no, I, I'm going to just leave it at that. Uh, they're going to get a touchdown and a couple field goals. Uh, more so than anything, I'll be really excited to see Jeffrey Wilson and Tati Pettis offensively. But aside from that, I mean, that that's about it for me. Moving onwards. 125 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The Cardinals come back off a really stunning road victory at Lambeau Field. They won 20-17 at Green Bay, where they were 14-point underdogs, playing in a very cold tundra, which is Lambeau Field. And so they won, and because they won, because they had the upset at Green Bay, guess what? Packers head coach Mike McCarthy, finally, in my opinion, but he got axed. He lose to the Cardinals, who are a three-win team 
Now, prior, they only had two wins, and that was just to the Niners, and so they had their first non-Niner win of the season that happened to you guys, Lambeau, Packers. And so, yeah, McCarthy got axed. Cardinals came away with the win. Hurt their draft stock. Yeah, because now they have three wins and the Niners have two. So Niners technically have the first pick in the draft. But a really awesome game, an awesome statement game for that Cardinals team. And it was nice. It was nice to actually, um, well, fuck fantasy football. From a fantasy football perspective, David Johnson owners were really pissed because there were two touchdowns that game. And it wasn't by Josh Rosen. It wasn't by David Johnson. It wasn't even by Larry Fitzgerald. It was the rookie running back, Chase Edmonds. I believe he's a fourth-rounder. Don't quote me on that. But it was a mid-round pick. He had two touchdowns, and he had zero touchdowns before. Two touchdowns, really well-earned, well-fought out. Um, One was an inside dive. The other one, he took it on a counter where he went inside, bounced outside to the left, got the score. Uh, But nonetheless, they came out victorious 20 to 17 the only thing that really sucks about that victory because shit happens uh the rookie receiver who was i won't say he was balling but he was having a very promising rookie season christian kirk second round pick out of texas a&m he had a foot injury he just had surgery earlier this week he's on injured reserve and so i mean outside of larry fitzgerald the one thing that you really look forward to having was Christian Kirk because he had, even in this game, um, he does a great job of yaks, yards after the catch. And so it's going to be really, really tough. It was really, really tough as is for this Cardinals passing offense, but it sucks to lose a player with that much promise. Hopefully, you know, Christian Kirk have a speedy recovery, be ready for the 2018, 2019 season. But, uh, Uh, injuries are tough injuries are tough let's go ahead and start the next game at hand and so they are hosting the Detroit Lions the Detroit Lions got their asses headed at home previously to the Los Angeles Rams and now they're going on the road to play the Cardinals but yeah the Cardinals are home dogs Lions favored by two and a half points over under 40 a lower scoring affair by the odd makers um, yeah, I mean, as injured as the Cardinals are, or as ineffective as the Cardinals' offense is, I mean, the Lions, they are dealing with their own shit, too. So Marvin Jones is out for the year. They traded Golden Tate. Kenny Galladay, he's like their lone receiver right now. Uh, they have Bruce Ellington as the starter behind uh, him. And then uh, I think Kerryon Johnson, I mean, he was, he's been out the last couple weeks with a a knee sprain. I think he's coming back this game, which should be a big factor because he's been by far their best running back this season. But I don't know. This Lions team has been extremely inconsistent all season. They just don't have the look this year. They just don't have it. Uh, defense has been on and off. Offense, Matthew Stafford's through Matthew Stafford things, meaning that he's been joking. But this Cardinals team isn't any, any better. In fact, they're a lot worse. Or are they? Hmm. Let me take a step back. Because that Cardinals defense, they played really well against Green Bay. 
He gave Aaron Rodgers a ton of fits. I mean, they got they got his ass fired. <sighs> I don't know. Um, this one's a tough one to call, actually. Uh, I'd say this. I'll just leave it leave it at this. I think both passing offenses are going to be limited because, you know, there's no Christian Kirk for the Cardinals, so it's just Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, there's no Marvin Jones. It's just Kenny Galladay f- for the Lions. So it's really going to go more so on the run game. And I already know that David Johnson has been playing really good football after the bye with Byron Leftwich as his offensive coordinator. But then again, the Lions run defense since their trade for Damon Harrison, Damon Snacks Harrison, their run defense has improved quite a bit uh, right before the deadline as well. Um, but LeGarrette Blunt, if Carrion Johnson does not start, I mean, he's had 150 rushing yards the last couple games with their passing running back, Theo Riddick. I mean, their, their rushing attack has been good enough, to say the least. And then... I mean, the Cardinals run defense. Uh, they are, I think, they are 29th. They are 29th run defense, and they have allowed 17 rushing touchdowns this season, which is the most in the NFL. So, ooh, um, they don't do that well against the run, but they're at home. It's kind of a wash passing offense-wise. Ugh. Okay. All right, I will give the Lions... Lions, give me the Lions 24. Give me the Cardinals 20. So I think it will be a, a closer game at home. Uh, but at the same time, I think that the more experienced quarterback, which is Matthew Stafford, and the better running game, which is the Lions with LeGarrette Blount and Theo Reddick versus this Cardinals run defense, will be the difference. But I do expect a, a much better showing at home. I think that David Johnson will continue to kind of re- resurge himself in the second half of the season. And so I think that he's going to get a couple touchdowns and, and make this close. But uh, give the Lions their yeah, give the Lions their fifth win of the season. So Lions twenty four, Cardinals twenty, Cardinals twenty. Let's go ahead and segue to the third game at hand, which is prime time. I love prime time. It's Sunday night football, and you have. Arguably the high-scoring offense in the league, which is the Rams. And they are going on the road to Soldier Field, an outdoor field in Shottown, Chicago. The Bears. The Bears. And so they have a really tough road game because, I mean, as good as this Rams offense has been all season, this Bears defense has been like the number one scoring defense in the league. Thanks to, thanks guys, thanks Raiders, thanks to Khalil Mack. And so everything right now, defensively, they are they're balling. They've had, I think they had the most takeaways in the NFL this season. And I just, um, okay, so right now the Rams are favored by three over under 51. A higher scoring game just because, well, I mean, obviously the Rams have the potential to score. But you're seeing pretty cool offensive scheme. By Matt Nagy, head coach of the Bears. He's no Sean McVay, but he's doing one hell of a job with his team in the East Coast. Um, whether it's been Chase Daniels, Mr. Trubisky, but you know they've been scheming them up really well. It's probably 
for the Bears, like the last five years, is probably like their best offensive scheme by far. I mean, that's not saying a lot with John Fox in years past, but I mean, I like what they have in Chicago. I like Allen Robinson. I like rookie Anthony Miller. I like Taylor Gabriel. Heck, I mean, I even like the running backs, their whole Thunder Lightning ordeal, whether it's Jordan Howard on the inside or Tariq Cohen on the outside. I mean, they have some really cool pieces on this offense. Um, it's night and day with Matt Nagy and John Fox. Like, they've done an excellent job with this offense. Now, their quarterback ordeal, um, let me check the report right now. But Okay, so Mitch Trubisky, he's missed like the last couple games with an injury. I believe it's a shoulder injury. But I just checked right now. He's had three really solid practices. And so he is slated to start. And so you can make one case that, hey, he's rusty. But on the other hand, did you really want Chase Daniels in, in the long stretch of things? No, no, you didn't. So, yeah. Um, if I am the Rams, I know, especially in this type of environment, Jerry Goff doesn't do this quite often. Yeah, I am running the ball. I am running. I am giving Todd Gurley 20 to 25 carries this game. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a really tough game for the Rams. And when it's all said and done, uh, I just have a feeling, especially on prime time. I mean, for example, the uh, the Saints. They just. I mean, I know it's Thursday night football, but uh, yeah, they just lost to, to the Cowboys, and so it's not like. Uh, it's a for sure thing to, uh, to win. I mean, the, the Saints are a great team. Rams are a great team. Chiefs are a good team. But I think that, you know, every dog has his day. Bears aren't dogs. Bears are bears. But I think that the Bears will come up top, especially at home in their environment. The key thing is their environment. And I think that this defense is going to have a day on the Rams. And so give me the Rams 24, give me the Bears 27. It's going to be close. I think Todd Gurley is going to have a very important role. And I think he's going to have a lot of success, but I think that uh, you're going to see a couple of takeaways um, that the Bears are going to put out on Jared Goff. I just, I'm just feeling, hmm, I don't know if I'm feeling, I'm anticipating a rough game for Jared Goff. So once again, Rams 24, Bears 27, and so the world continues. The Cowboys beat the Saints, the Bears beat the Rams. Onwards, let's finish this up. Monday Night Football, oh yes, Monday Night Football, an NFC West Monday Night Football game. And so you have the Minnesota Vikings at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are favored by three over under 45 and a half. I mentioned earlier, my San Francisco 49ers got their asses handed at Seattle. Seattle gets another home game, and so they're coming off 43-16 win over the Niners. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the game, but I'll give you a little bit of history, at least history for me as I watched this game. It was on a Sunday afternoon, and I was in San Francisco for a white elephant celebration. And so, you know, people were doing their presents or whatever. Whatever, and I was watching the game, and yeah, I was, it was just such a shit game for the Niners. I mean, obviously, there were some silver linings with Nick Mullins and Dante Pettis, but whatever. Um, the score, the score was a shit game, and so the funny part about it was, you know, I got to a point, especially off the pick six by Bobby Wagner in the, 
in the end zone where he uh, he ran all the way to the house. Anywho, so when that happened, there were gifts all around the living room, but uh, we strategically put the Amazon Echo, and I believe there was like um, some some cell phone charger, but we put those boxes to cover the score of the game. Because sometimes, especially at this point where I'm trying to be a jolly person, sometimes ignorance is bliss. And so I didn't really care about the score up to that point. But I did watch the Niners-Seahawks game. And, you know, Russell Wilson, he had 17 pass completions for four touchdowns. He hardly threw the ball. Yeah, man. I mean, he hardly threw the ball and he was efficient as fuck. Efficient AF to Tyler Luckett. To David Moore, to Doug Baldwin. I mean, everyone had, everyone had a great time. Everyone had a great time. Bobby Wagner, like I mentioned before, he had a touchdown. Uh, the running backs, Rashad Penny, had like six carries for sixty yards and a touchdown. Chris Carson ran hard. I mean, they had themselves a day, and they're coming. They are coming into full circle once again. At the end of the year, they're playing their best football at this point, and they're making takeaways. So, I mean, conversely, I mean, the Vikings, they've been so erratic. They've been up and down. Uh, some people are saying it's on Kirk Cousins. He's had great stats, but at the same time, he turns the ball over quite a bit as well. He's a little bit erratic, but I don't think it's really all on him. I think that a lot of it has to do with their offensive line. Their offensive line, they've been shuffling all season with their tackles, their guards, like the whole hoopla. And so, they, you know, they've been, they've been struggling in that regards. But at the same time, you know, their offense is... Certainly capable of putting up points. Dalvin Cook is healthy. They have Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. I mean, they have the pieces to really make it tough for Seattle because Seattle does give up big plays. I mean, you know, for Christ's sake, Nick Mullins, as, as much as the Niners got their asses handed, Nick Mullins had 400 passing yards at Seattle. And the last time that's happened is... um. I don't know if you guys are old enough, but have you guys heard of a quarterback called uh, Tim Rattay? Tim Rattay was, like, way, way back, and he had 400 passing yards. That was the last time that uh, Seattle allowed a Niners quarterback to pass for so much and gauge them, gouge them, whatever, gauge, gouge, whatever. But uh, they certainly can give up big plays, and Kirk Cousins has the capacity, especially on Monday Night Football, to really have a nice game in that sense. And so right now, Seattle favored by three, 45 and a half. <sighs> I think that it's really going to be on the trenches. And what I say about the trenches is kind of similar to like the Broncos Niners game, but this Vikings defensive line, like cross the board. I was just for the Broncos. I was just talking about their edge rushers, but this defensive line for the Vikings, I mean, whether it's Daniel Hunter, whether it's Sheldon Richardson on the inside. I mean, they have, Everson Griffin, by the way, they have a really talented defensive line, if not the best defensive line in football. And right now, the Seahawks, uh, I think one of their guards, their emotional leader, DJ Fluker, he is out. I think he has a hamstring injury. And so they're putting in uh, Jonathan Jordan Simmons. Jonathan Simmons. Anywho, they're putting in his replacements, that's going to have an effect. And Russell Wilson, uh, as efficient as he is, I mean, you'd like him to 
stay efficient meaning and what i mean by efficient is you don't want russell wilson throwing like 30 35 times a game against this vikings team because yeah if you put him in like obvious passing downs i mean this defensive line uh they are known for getting to the quarterback and and making takeaways this uh the seahawks running game has to continue to run the ball well whether it's chris carson rashad penny or mike davis i mean they are their number one running team in the nfl they are averaging roughly 150 rushing yards per game they are one of the few teams that run the ball more than they pass the ball in today's 2018 nfl league and so that's going to be really important and i think that um as like 50 50 that kirk cousins is perception wise in the public uh, he still has 28 touchdowns for the season, and he's actually at a career best. I think he's right around 70-ish percentage-wise, 70% completion percentage, which is really damn good. That's a career best for him. He certainly has one of the better receiver tandems in football, if not the best, with Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. And so it goes to the run game, the trenches, uh, but more so than anything, Seahawks give up a lot of big plays, and a lot of it has to do with shitty tackling by the secondary. Uh, it's also worth noting that uh, Michael Kendricks, uh, former Cal linebacker, former Eagles, former Browns, Seahawks, he was suspended the last couple games for some shit off the field, but apparently he's making his debuts uh, come week 14. And so, yeah, it's going to help. It's going to help. They're going to need a surf fired tackler like Michael Kendricks in their front seven. Uh, so having said that, let's kind of come full circle. Um, going back and forth. I just think that the Seahawks team is, uh, they're sitting you right now, just their body language and everything else cohesively is right where it needs to be, especially on Monday nights. Um, because yeah, this, this Vikings team is certainly a, a very tough team still. And so, I mean... If the Seahawks play their type of game at home, meaning if they run the ball, if they keep Russell Wilson efficient, and if their defense can bend but not break, uh, I'm looking for a Seahawks win. So let me give the Seahawks the victory with a final score of Seattle 30, Minnesota 24. Give me Seahawks 30, Minnesota 24. I think that um, it'll be... Kind of like a 21-24 game, 24-24. And I think that Seattle will keep on making a couple plays, get a couple field goals, and come out with a win. They will come out victorious. So that's all, guys. I appreciate your time. Once again, my name is Just the West. And you can follow me, Instagram, at Just the West. Twitter, at Just the West. Blog, www.justthewest.com. And more importantly, shout out to my new sponsor, Red Circle. If you guys want to check them out, they are uh, www.getredcircle.com. And for those that do podcasting or are looking to get into podcasting and, and need someone to, to partner up with um, to provide that bandwidth of support needed uh, to have a podcast like this, uh, check out Get Red Circle. Honestly, they're uh, an up-and-coming company and much bigger and better things ahead. So... Week 14, let's go. We out here. Have a great night, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Peace.